Hi, and welcome back to Astrology and You. I'm Maxine. And I'm Alice. And today we're talking all about the astrology of October. It is a really, really packed month (laughs) astrologically. So we're going to give you a breakdown of what you need to know so you can really plan out your October with the astrology. Yeah, when we were planning for this, like I knew all of these transits were coming, but like finding the exact dates for them, I didn't realize all of them were going to happen in October. So this yeah. is a crazy <laughs> month and all of the action happens at the end of the month. So you're definitely going to want to listen until the very end of this episode. Yes, it gets good. So, um, and we also just wanted to say at the top of the episode that because there is so much awesome astrology this month, we want to give give you the really... I don't know, nitty gritty stuff. So we're going to have two separate podcast episodes come out later in October to dive into the eclipse and Mars retrograde. So when we get there, if you're wanting more information, just keep that in mind too. What are you looking forward to the most uh, for October? So I think I'm really looking forward to the solar eclipse and hear me out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So eclipses can be turning points and this eclipse is happening really really close to my natal moon so I am just really excited to see how that pans out and how that energy creates like a new start because oftentimes I feel like that energy of a solar eclipse when you're in it you don't really see the new beginning that's begun until looking back so I'm curious to see what happens there. Yeah, like with that solar eclipse in Taurus back in May. Was it May? No, it was April of 20th. April 30th, yeah, of this year. Basically May. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like the themes related to the Taurus part of the chart following that solar eclipse really haven't started picking up until fairly recently, like several months out from that solar eclipse. So it'll be interesting, yes, to see how that like Scorpio solar eclipse marks a brand new chapter for the next six months Mm. yeah I really noticed the Taurus eclipse with Mars going through there this past summer like couple months yeah yeah so true but what about you I am excited about the full moon in Aries because it's opposite my Jupiter in Libra so that's like a nice pleasant aspect um so good yeah, as we'll get into it, that's just like a good full moon. Like the Venus is involved in Libra and it's in my ninth house of my chart. So it's always like very optimistic and I'm like wanting to read and learn and take take in new information. So oh, I guess so good. Yeah, it's like always important to know where these like lunations are falling in your chart for why you might you might like one more than you like another. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Because you can't just generalize to say everyone's going to love the, you know, full moon in Aries, for example. Um, Although both of the lunations this month do take place with conjunctions to Venus. So So hopefully that helps. Helps a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, do you want to get into exact events now? Yes, and I do want to say just at the start, if you're listening and you wanted to get in on our... um, two courses we have mastering birth charts or applying transits we're raising the price on october 1st so if you're listening to this before then you still have time to get it before the price goes up yes and thank you to everyone who listened and did get the course i really hope you're enjoying it yes let us know (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, so to start off, like setting the scene for October, we definitely talked about Libra season starting in our September forecast episode. But just to reiterate, Libra season is ongoing as we make our way into October. And there's Venus has also moved into Libra September 29th. So we're starting off the month with both the sun and Venus moving through Libra. Yeah, and then also Mercury catches up in Libra on October 10th. So big focus start of the month on Libra themes, like being more sociable perhaps or more collectively feeling that, like wanting to kind of make your life beautiful and peaceful, I feel like are such themes of Libra season. Yeah, like really drawn to, I don't know, maybe activities that involve like beauty or art or travel or like trading new information um, and socializing and having ideas with other people. It's very much like a sign associated with like creativity, beauty, and also like fostering one-on-one connections with people. Yeah, close relationships being such an important theme and also finding finding your way back, I think, to other friendships or wanting to find reconciliation or balance can also be a theme too because you just want your life to be beautiful. So (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So hopefully this is like a fun and pleasant start to October. Um, Libra themes have definitely already been like present. Like that chart, that part of your chart has been activated with the Mercury retrograde that's been going on in Libra for most of September. Um, So this is just kind of putting even more emphasis on that part of your chart. Yeah. And especially too, because Venus is opposite Jupiter. Um, Do we want to talk about that as well? Um, Yeah. Yeah. So What I wanted to note with Libra season is that as every planet comes into Libra, like the sun, Venus, and then finally Mercury again, they're all making this opposition to Jupiter, which is still in the early degrees of Aries for a few more weeks. Yeah, and that's such a great optimistic energy. I feel like it's much more playful or enjoyable, and it really can help you just to feel a lot more just yeah it's just a good energy to have at the start of the month yeah so venus is exactly opposite jupiter like october 1st october 2nd and like if we think of like venus jupiter aspects it might be um optimistic mindset when when you're like hanging out with friends or dating someone like you're just more affectionate and open or it could be that like you're feeling less stressed about finances and money and more willing to like splurge and treat yourself it's just like a feel-good energy. So hopefully those first couple days of October are pleasant for you. Yeah. And also what we wanted to mention with that are just some themes related to your specific rising sign for Libra season. Because depending upon your unique birth chart setup, Libra season and all these planets there are really going to activate certain themes that you'll see play out this month. So fire risings, if you're Aries, Leo, or Sagittarius rising, Libra season is going to be activating either the third, seventh, or 11th house of your chart. And that's a very social part of your birth chart. So it's going to bring up maybe more plans with friends, wanting to get out of your house and meet new people, possibly traveling and moving around, um, or dating, like we said. So maybe there's more romance going on in new relationships or partnerships at work are being formed. Yeah, especially love for Aries rising, so. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then for the air rising, so if you're Gemini rising, Libra, or Aquarius, this has more to do with yourself. So putting the focus and spotlight back on you and finding ways to express yourself and express your joy, do more of what lights you up, or put yourself out there a little bit more. So really great if you've been wanting to feel more confident in a certain area or show people who you really, really are now if you feel like you've changed. Yeah, like leaning into how you're unique and not trying to fit in with everyone else. Yes, exactly. And that'll feel a lot lighter after Virgo season for you guys. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. And then Earth sign rising. So Taurus, Virgo, Capricorn rising. Libra season is going to be very work oriented for you. So maybe having more activity going on at your job or more opportunities related to career coming in, or you're just more motivated to get like organized, stick to a routine and start like planning long-term goals with your career. Yeah, and so good for like routines, like you mentioned, also habits. So if you feel like you haven't been in a routine, might be good to get back to it. And then Cancer, Scorpio, Pisces, Risings. This is a lot about feelings and emotions and also tapping more into your intuition or needing to be a little bit more flexible and fluid with plans or spending time alone. So if you feel like you've needed to just put more of a focus on yourself in terms of like your mental well-being or going to therapy or, you know, working on something behind the scenes, it's good for that too. Yeah. Slowing down and taking time for reflection and probably just feeling a lot more emotional. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So everyone is feeling with it being Libra season, such an emphasis on that. It's a great month for gaining perspective and like, you know, being more social and wanting to beautify your life and all those things we mentioned, but that will give you more themes to blend in with that. So that's Libra season, according to your rising sign. Uh, I wanted to backtrack a little and go back to the start of the month and talk about Mercury retrograde ending, because that is not part of that Libra energy. Mercury retrograde is actually stationing direct in or mercury stationing direct in virgo no that'll be so good for just finally feeling that you can look back over the past three weeks of that mercury retrograde cycle and think where have you had to rework things or maybe seeing why if you'd feel frustrated in some area of life now you're kind of seeing the reasoning behind that or what you can do to shift things going forward because mercury retrograde it's so important to reflect at the start of this month to see what was the lesson there like it's not just annoying for nothing you know yeah and if there's anything that was bothering you or you felt that somewhere you felt that some area of your life has been moving a lot more slowly recently you'll start to notice that momentum is picking back up again maybe you have more inspiration plans to move forward or you're finally hearing back about maybe some opportunity you've wanted um that will all start following October 2nd so as we get further into October you may notice your life getting a little bit busier again yeah and I love Alice that you brought up further into October as well because there is with Mercury retrograde kind of this two-week post shadow phase where you might notice things it's not like Mercury is just snapped back up to being awake it kind of takes a while to become awake again like when you wake up from a deep sleep you know especially because when mercury retrograde ends it ends directly opposite neptune and neptune whenever yeah yeah like whenever planets aspect neptune through transit there's usually an element of like confusion or things aren't completely what they seem 
um, or just like oversensitivity. So maybe it's like there's still like a bit of miscommunication going on or plans feel really delayed or like your mind just feels really scattered and it's like hard to keep up with details. Mm, yeah, there's kind of a waiting period with with Neptune. And not only with Mercury aspecting Neptune at the start of the month, and but also Neptune is going to be squaring Mars. And I know, Alice, you have thoughts on that. Okay, yeah. So we have Mercury stationing direct exactly opposite Neptune. At the same time, though, we have Mars building into a square with Neptune for basically all of October until it stations retrograde at the end of the month. And honestly, Mars square Neptune is tough. Like that usually when that happens, um, there's usually this feeling of like not knowing where to direct your energy and just feeling kind of like down on yourself. Like I'm not really motivated right now. I'm, I don't know. It kind of feels like you want to daydream more than usual or it's just confusing, like what you need to be doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we talked about Neptune having this waiting period and kind of being, you know, wanting you to kind of pull back and see where you actually want to go, like dreaming bigger kind of thing. But Mars is I want to take action now. So when they're square, there's a big tension that's you might be feeling within yourself if you've been working hard at something and you want to put it out in the world and you're like, oh, okay, I need to wait a little longer. That can be frustrating. Yeah, it is frustrating that this lasts for all of October too because Mars is moving so slowly at this point. Like it only covers 20 degrees of Gemini until 25 degrees of Gemini. So it's only moving five degrees within all of October. So it stays at that square for the whole month. So this will be a theme you're encountering throughout all of October. Um, So if you do feel really frustrated about something or just not as motivated as you normally are, that may still just be the theme carrying, even though Mac- even though Mercury retrogrades over, you're still having this energy going on as well. Yeah, yeah. And I honestly, I find that to be really helpful to know in advance because then you don't have to, you know, make yourself wrong for that. Okay, this is something I'm experiencing. And the higher expression of that is allowing yourself to get curious about maybe there is something that I actually want or how is, how can I refocus on something that is actually calling to me more. So definitely focus on how you can improve something or work at something to be more of your ideal, if that makes sense. Yeah, and you'll be feeling that maybe um, low energy, frustration, maybe confusion in the Gemini ruled house of your chart the most. So check that Yes, I feel like that will be interesting as a Gemini rising, for sure. Oh my god, I don't envy you. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, okay, so let's get into the Aries full moon. That's the next event we have for the month, and that falls on October 9th at 16 degrees in Aries. So, with that, I know, Alice, you're looking forward to it, so I'll let you kick it off. (laughs) Yeah, so this is a pleasant full moon because Venus is pretty close to the sun. Um, like you said, it's at 16 degrees of Aries and it just like, we talked about Libra season being so like social and like, um, maintaining balance and harmony in your relationships and like taking someone else into consideration and fostering close one-on-one connections with people. The full moon in Aries kind of asks you to step back and be like, okay, I think you need to prioritize yourself a little here or how can you be maybe more assertive about what you want and not look so much to other people for direction. So it kind of gives you that energy of independence 
and wanting to like do stuff just for you midway through October. Yeah, it's such a great time to check in with yourself and reflect on maybe something you want to release or let go of because that's a big theme of full moons generally when it comes to what Alice just said. So maybe you're noticing, oh, I've actually been reaching out to this friend, for example, and they never reach out back to me. Maybe you're realizing how can I communicate something or how can I, you know, restructure that? So yeah, or like I'm or like I'm way too polite to people and I never tell them when I'm upset, like that needs to change. Yeah. And I think the most interesting aspect too, aside from Venus, is the moon is going to be conjunct Chiron for that Aries full moon. And because Chiron's right there. (laughs) So. Oh my God. Huge for also, you know, maybe you're realizing in relation to asserting yourself, that might have been something that you've been insecure about or something that you've been healing or, you know, it might be needing to notice that other people might be really emotionally going through it too at this time. So that combined with the Aries full moon energy, I just think being really mindful going into that kind of two, three days on either side of the full moon on the ninth, people might be more emotionally reactive and you might too. So keeping that in mind and being compassionate. Yeah, and emotions maybe not surrounding, like with that aspect of Chiron, like you said, not only just emotions surrounding what's immediately going on in your life, but bringing up maybe wounds that you've dealt with your entire life and like feeling very uncomfortable about that. Yeah, and also super deeply from a spiritual perspective, so healing to release some of that. Like if you can find that you're just really ready to you know, move forward in some way or leave something behind that can be really powerful work to do. Yeah. So I would say this is an ideal full moon to join a full moon circle or like journal or something (laughs) because of that huge healing component with Chiron. Yes. So anyway, so definitely keep your eyes out for that full moon too. Okay. Yeah. And also just to note like full moon, tends to be pretty busy period of the month um, where there's a lot of activity going on leading up to it. So maybe like October 7th, October 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, like those few days surrounding it are kind of the most frenzied where you're connecting with people, you're having stuff come together at work. Um, So I would just say like that time of the month, watch out for, for the most stuff coming together. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The first week of October is going to be really, really busy in terms of like for everyone in a a lot of ways. So important to carve out some space for yourself if you can. Another aspect I wanted to linger on with the full moon is that Venus and the sun are pretty close together at the time of the full moon. And they remain that way for the rest of October. Like Venus is almost chasing the sun until they both move into Scorpio on the 23rd. So for the majority of the month we have that close sun venus conjunction that's not something that happens that often um, i think the last time sun and venus were conjunct was in early january of 2022 so what i notice when those two planets come together it's actually really nice it is like having connection with people like having more social events go on kind of like the libra themes we talked about at the start of this episode are amplified with the mm. venus sun conjunction Mm, Yeah, I I feel like it's a really great time where you can kind of take a step back and be just so open hearted. Venus is all about love. And when the sun is there, it's almost as if you just want to project your heart out into the world. So if you feel like there's something that you want to 
work with in terms of that this month too that can be really helpful energy yeah there's usually just more like significant events involving relationships going on so maybe it's a turning point in some romantic relationship you're having or you're dating a lot more throughout October or you have some like group activity or several group activities that you have to attend yeah and what's really going off of that you know why it is so powerful is because everyone tends to feel that pretty forcefully that energy and desire to love and to be able to share that loving energy with another person so really great for for relationships in that sense yes okay and like those two like I said they get pretty close together at the start of October around that full moon on the 9th, but then they continue to stay together all the way. Like that conjunction is exact on October 23rd, October 22nd, 23rd, and they both move into Scorpio and mark the start of Scorpio season on the 23rd. So we're going to get a big contrast with like, yeah. <laughs> Lib- there's so much energy in Libra for most of the month, but then at the 23rd, there's this bigger shift into Scorpio and Scorpio-like themes start to come up. Yeah. And you notice the difference between, you know, like anyone can notice the difference between that energy, even on like, like Libra season is all about keeping the peace in a lot of ways or wanting to kind of get perspective or be more logical about things in your life, non-judgmental. Whereas Scorpio season is very much wanting to see to the truth and wanting to speak the unspoken, even if you know, other people might not always like what you say. So I feel like that that'll be a big shift with the sun and Venus both moving there. Yeah, I think of like Libra season as being very like lighthearted, like maybe more polite surface level interactions. And then we get to Scorpio season and it's like only wanting, it's wanting a lot more intensity, especially in relationships since Venus is moving in and is still right with the sun. So it's like, can I go deeper with this person? How can I open up more? Um, Also, how can I transform certain relationship patterns? Like Scorpio is such a sign about like cutting out everything that doesn't serve you anymore and like always wanting to do this deeper self-improvement. Can confirm (laughs) with the Scorpio (laughs) stellium. I love this um, Scorpio energy each year. Cause I feel like it really does, Alice, like you're saying, allow you to feel you're ready for your transformation. You're ready to transform a relationship where you're ready to go deeper and like peel back layers of the onion. You know, it's just, let's get to the good stuff, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I also find like when we shift into Scorpio season, even just like what I am interested in talking about and learning about changes drastically, Like it's like taking way more of an interest in psychology or stuff involving like death and loss. It's like all that stuff tends to be on my mind a lot more. Mm, Like even taboo topics or shadow work, things like that. Astrology. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Good time to go to astrology. Yeah, so definitely notice when October 23rd comes around, if you can notice the shift between like it might be more immediate even because the sun and venus are shifting in the same day so notice that and going into it because it is such a dramatic shift you might want to just look to see even in your chart where is scorpio what house is that moving into and themes related that might come up yeah i'll definitely have my finger on the calendar that day (laughs) i love that and then then two days later 
Yeah, so immediately following the start of Scorpio season, we get a solar eclipse in Scorpio on October 25th. And we haven't, so that's going to be at two degrees of Scorpio. And we haven't had a solar eclipse in Scorpio yet out of this Taurus-Scorpio eclipse cycle. We've had a lunar eclipse in Taurus last November. We've had a solar eclipse in Taurus back in April. And we had a lunar eclipse in Scorpio in May. But we haven't gotten a solar eclipse in the sign of Scorpio yet. Yes, and it's going to be at two degrees as well in Scorpio, so early days of Scorpio season. And I just love when when that happens because a Scorpio solar eclipse to back it up is basically a super powerful new moon. And so when that happens close to the start of the season, you kind of feel the shift even that much more. Yeah, and just eclipse seasons in general, like We'll get another eclipse. We'll talk about that more in the November forecast. That'll be the next lunar eclipse in Taurus. But these coupled together is like a two, three week long period where you may feel kind of unsettled or anxious and you feel like you just sense that there's a lot of change that's about to happen. Or maybe even if it's not a lot of external obvious change going on in your life, it's more of a like inner shift, like this is what I need to be doing differently. And I just notice, like when these eclipses come up, they're really important markers that divide up the year. It's like one chapter of the year has been going on since April, May, and activities have arisen because of those set of eclipses back in the spring. And now we're at the next set of eclipses at the end of October and November. And that is going to set us off in a different direction headed into the rest of the year in early 2023. Yeah, I always love to say eclipses are those turning points. They really can be dramatic sometimes as well. Sometimes they're not. But if you maybe let's say the past eclipses, you're worried because you didn't have a good experience back in April, May. Well, if something began then, it's almost a clearing out with this eclipse season. And obviously the Taurus Scorpio eclipses are continuing on through 2023. But this could be an opportunity with that new moon solar eclipse to kind of start fresh in some way or go off in a different direction or break from the past in a sense especially with that element of Scorpio of just really transmuting things that you didn't even think possible to change yeah and so I was gonna say like if you want to get a better idea of what this eclipse what themes it might bring up for you think back to the may 15th lunar eclipse in scorpio even though it was a lunar eclipse not a solar eclipse it's still activating that same part of your chart so maybe there was a lot of activity um, or emotion that came up in that house that's ruled by scorpio in your chart in may or june like right after that lunar eclipse and now you're kind of seeing you've seen that play out for the whole summer and now that we're getting to the solar eclipse in that part of your chart, it's like, okay, let's start new now. We've had these huge realizations in that part of your life. And how can we do things differently and make a bigger shift or start this new chapter there? Mm, yeah, it's and it's really important to know that sometimes it might be unclear in a lot of ways. So it's super important, especially with the aspects and everything of this eclipse, to trust when you feel the pull to go in a certain direction. And with Scorpio as an element too, it's a lot about just going all in. It's all in or nothing. So that might be a theme that comes up and you know you can feel into that if you feel like that's correct for you or not, judging upon other things in your life. But I do think it's a really powerful eclipse to make some bigger shifts, even if that's just in your mentality or how you respond to things. Yeah. And 
eclipses in general bring up um, major new beginnings, major endings, changes like we talked about, but I feel like that's going to be even more apparent having it fall on a sign like Scorpio because Scorpio is so black and white about like what it likes and doesn't and like what it wants and what it doesn't want in its life. So it may be like this process of like cutting out stuff that just like isn't serving you and wanting to do that deeper transformation and finally getting the courage to maybe end something in your life that isn't satisfying anymore. Mm, yeah, because the, the solar eclipse can be a lot about new beginnings, but sometimes through clearing something out. So kind of noticing what has been getting in your way. What do you need to distance yourself from? Where can you create that fresh start by making space for your fresh start? Yeah, yeah so this is not always easy. So yeah, you're going to probably feel like a little anxious or on edge right around this solar eclipse. Um but yeah, we're going to have a lot more to say on the eclipses in our I, episode on that. I know. I just get so excited about everything. But honestly, I'm so looking forward to this transit. I'm excited to see what comes up. I am not. But yeah, <laughs> we'll get to it. This is why it's important to know your whole birth chart. Yeah. Okay, so right after that, there's just so much going on at the end of October. So few days later, October 28th, Jupiter moves back into Pisces. And it's going to be yes. there until December 20th. So this is like a huge, this is the end of this long saga of Jupiter being into Pisces. It went into Pisces way back in May of 2021 until July of 2021. That was like the first scene or like the first act of Jupiter being into Pisces. And then from the end of December, 2021, all the way till May of 2022 was its next chapter of Jupiter being into Pisces. And finally, we're getting that like final chapter in this sequence um, starting on October 28th and going till December 20th. And then it's finally gone and not back to Pisces for 12 more years. <laughs> yeah. And I think what's really, I mean, we have a whole episode on this that is so good. So if you wanted to go back and listen to actually how that showed up by houses for people, that should be your next episode. <laughs> yeah. It's um, called Jupiter, Jupiter Transits. Yeah, but that really can help because since it is that last that last hit of Jupiter in Pisces, when Jupiter is transiting Pisces, it's going to kind of bring up those themes that came in those dates, Alice, you just mentioned, and it'll expand what themes are there, what potentials are possible, where you want to see some growth. So for example, it's going to be back in my 10th house of career and Saturn's there for me too and so all the work that I've been doing on a project actually I've been working on I'm hoping that I can channel this into actually like putting it out into the world and seeing it actually you know like the car hitting the runway (laughs) if that makes sense yeah it could be helpful to go back to those past two days of Jupiter being in Pisces for several months at a time and see like how there's been like further developments in that part of your life every time it's come back to that sign and now we're finally getting that final development of you've learned all the lessons here like how are you going to get that final push to have like growth in this area yeah or finally see I guess the metaphor I was thinking is you know like you finally have this ability to see your creation or something you've been working on or even if it's not a project maybe it's a relationship or something you're finally seeing it go out into the world and you're seeing okay does it work when it's actually out in the world how can I put it um, feel confident about something or how can I like really 
be optimistic about this area of my life and see what happens and welcome growth and expansion there. And going back to um, Jupiter in Pisces themes in general, like when we're just thinking of like what it was like, I feel like it was so noticeable in from January through May of this past year when it was in Pisces, all this kind of rise in spirituality, mysticism, people definitely feeling a bit more sensitive or emotional or kind of confused about next steps in their life. Those same feelings might resurface a bit for these last two months in the fall. Yeah, it can make you feel more emotional, but I think also a big emphasis on wanting to be hopeful even about things in the future. And so that might be a theme that comes up for sure. Yeah, so tying up themes in the Pisces ruled area of your chart, but also understanding that Saturn is coming along to Pisces in March of 2023. And it's really like, again, those themes will come up even stronger, I feel like. Yeah, so Saturn moves into Pisces March 7th of this upcoming year. And I feel like with Jupiter here, it almost sets the stage or it sets the tone or helps you to kind of see what area of your life do you want to expand in. And then when Saturn comes around in March, it'll just kind of help you to put more structure in that area of life. Or maybe if you feel like you've been dreaming super big, it actually helps you to take bite-sized, you know, steps toward that yeah that's a good way to put it sometimes jupiter can like bite off a little more than it can chew and (laughs) like has like all these super ambitious plans and is super optimistic but often too much sometimes um and then saturn will come along and be like okay how is this actually going to be a reality how are you actually going to structure this part of your life and be practical about it Yeah, and so also noticing with this transit, like starting the 28th of this month, but going all the way through almost the end of the year, what new ideals do you have? What new visions, new dreams? And maybe there's something that you had thought about in the past with Jupiter there, but now you're actually really wanting to take more of a leap of faith there and to not get discouraged if right now it's just maybe you're dreaming about it and you're thinking up a plan and then you take action more when Saturn gets there and helps you with the kind of more structural part of those dreams. Yeah, yeah. Like to give a more concrete example of this is a lot of like gibberish and you're confused about what we're saying. Um, Like for instance, Jupiter's been transiting my eighth house of Pisces multiple times since May of 2021. And it's been a time where I am making like more passive income and I'm finding out ways to grow my money and like how much money I'm making. Um, but then I can already feel like Saturn, like approaching that house because I'm starting to feel like, how can I start to like invest money and be smart and like structure my finances? So it's kind of like you've gotten maybe an easier head start there or things have just like felt like they've grown and like blossomed over the past year, year and a half. And now Saturn might bring in, I don't know, maybe more complications, but also, yeah, like you said, needing to structure it better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so we have one more transit (laughs) to share with you, and um, it's going to be when we do a podcast episode on in August, October as well, but on October 30th, Mars goes retrograde in Gemini. Yeah, and so Mars retrograde is something that only happens once every two years. The last Mars retrograde we got was September to November of 2020, but that was in the sign of Aries. We haven't had it in Gemini 
since like 2008, I think. Um, but just looking at general themes associated with Mars retrograde, Mars represents you wanting to take action, having a lot of energy, putting being motivated and excited about stuff. So when it's retrograde, a lot of that becomes, I don't know, slows down and maybe you don't feel like you have as much energy or it's a lot of internalized. Like, how can I be like, how can I re-strategize what I'm putting my effort into and how can I like go about that area of life ruled by Gemini a bit differently? Mm, yeah, I would say a key word is refocus. So feeling with wherever you've been putting tons of energy into and wherever your attention has been going and energy, you kind of step back and you ask yourself, is this the best use of my energy though? Is this where I want to put my effort? And if not, how can I reorganize that or become, you know, more efficient or whatever, you know, it's specific to your chart, but. Yeah. And usually right before the retrograde, you're usually really excited about that part of your chart. Mars is transiting and you're like, I have all these plans and I'm so ambitious. And then that retrograde hits and it's kind of like, wait, I need to redirect how I'm putting my energy here. There's some issue I need to address or there might be like kind of some setback there. Yeah. And so that retrograde actually lasts all the way through to January 12th. 2023 so that's a pretty sizable amount of time where you'll be focusing on this so it might not be like everyday obvious but it is really important to think about that through throughout that time period yeah it's like knowing you want to make a change or alter some part of your life in that house world by gemini but maybe not knowing how to do that until the retrograde lifts january 12th and onwards Mm-hmm. And also sometimes with this, it might be that you make kind of a rash decision <laughs> um, or like with something, something related to that. So maybe it is showing up in a career house and you make a big decision or, you know, something to do with wanting to be more decisive or even a bit impatient or competitive themes related to that Mars. Yeah. Impulsive decision making and just also like having I feel like an internal there's a lot of internal frustration when that Mars retrograde goes on yes I'm it's like, glad I'm you mentioned that. yeah it's like I'm so sick of putting my energy into like this these particular things related to that area of life and if that's work or relationship and like how can I go about this differently and not knowing how yet mm, yeah so definitely with Mars retrograde we will do another episode entirely dedicated to that because that one's going to be very interesting. I, I would just say, I know I mentioned you'll be impatient or make impulsive decisions. I mean, maybe this is just me speaking with my Mars and Aries, but that's not always a bad thing. Like actually, sometimes that can be some of the best life decisions of your life when you have been thinking something over for years and you finally, like, you know, I shared how I quit my job close to that transit for me, so... Yeah, like I had the Mars retrograde in Aries was in my ninth house, which has to do with education, learning, teaching. And that's when I really focused my energy on starting this podcast. Like that's when we got the idea to start this podcast and start teaching workshops. Like we did our first moon workshops together. So it makes you really focus on like, how can I go about that? And I think we had ideas of like how we wanted to teach astrology 
but we didn't figure out it needed to be through a podcast until that retrograde was over. So it was a lot of focus. Like, I really want to do this. I really want to move he- move ahead with um, making plans in that part of my life, but not knowing exactly how to do it until Mars goes direct again. Yes, exactly. So I think also figuring out what's going to happen. Like, don't be so fixated on, oh, I have to figure out because it's hard to sit with uncertainty, but actually it can be really helpful if you use that to redirect your life and kind of get the shit pointed in the direction you want it to go. So that is a summary of what's happening in October. It's definitely a mixed bag. Like I'm a little nervous, um, especially for the end (laughs) of the month, but yeah, we will have to see how it goes and look out for Mars retrograde episode and episode on the eclipses too. Yes. So stay tuned for those episodes. We'll get into all the details if you're wondering more about them. And thank you so much for listening to this episode. Bye guys. Bye.